I'm going to continue this morning with a series that Andre started two weeks ago called The Voice of God. And there were many times in my life when I were really desperate to hear God's voice. It was, you know, almost as if there was a crossroad and I had to make a decision and I had to make the right decision. You know, it's like getting married to somebody. You want to make the right decision, eh? But the one time I want to share with you is when I was in grade 11. I had to decide what I want to do after matric, and it was this big thing for me, and I really felt God wanted me to study, because I had many friends who went to YWAM, and so it was a bit confusing to me, but I really felt in my heart God wants me to go to university, but the only thing at that stage that I knew was that I'm not doing medicine, I'm not becoming a doctor, yay for all the doctors, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> and I knew I'm not doing medicine, and I, I knew I liked accounting. That's all I pretty much knew at that stage. And I read something somewhere about studying for a chartered accountant, but to be honest, I didn't understand much, you know, from the information. I was a bit clueless, and my dad did a straight become. He couldn't really help me. I didn't know anybody who could give me proper advice. I grew up in a very small town, so I was just very ignorant. And... I started praying about it because I, I knew God at that stage. I, was, I had a living relationship with him, and I just said, Lord, I need to know. I want to know what you want me to do, what, what your plans are for my life. And somehow I really felt God said, go, I must go to Stellenbosch University. I must do a B-Rec, which is what they call it in Stellenbosch. It's a B-Com accounting degree, but Stellenbosch, they call it a B-Rec, okay? So, they call it in Stellenbosch. I wrote it down in my diary. I left it there, but I was still uncertain because that was the only thing I had. I liked accounting and this feeling that this is what God wants me to do. So I ended up going to a career consultant, drove two hours from my hometown to see a career consultant. There wasn't people like that in my town. And that guy advised me to do actuarial science. Now, if... Yeah, actuarial science. I mean, all the actuaries I know are the coolest people ever, you know, the, the, those people I personally know. But, you know, I didn't know. I mean, he explained to me what it was. I didn't understand anything that he was saying. But he convinced me that I am an actuary. I must study actuarial science. So, so he talked me into it. He convinced me. I applied for it. I actually got accepted. I started with actuarial science at the University of Stellenbosch. And after a week, I knew something was wrong. I was depressed. I, I looked at that thick calculus maths book, and I felt sick in my stomach, you know. I felt I'm not going to make it. I was confused. I was anxious. I was depressed. And you know what? I looked at the BREC students, and I was jealous. You know, there something is wrong, eh? I, I thought, I wish, I wish I can study accounting. And after a week... I just said to God, okay, Lord, speak to me because I am depressed. I'm not enjoying anything here and something is wrong. So I said to God, I'm not going to bed until you speak to me. I'm not going to sleep until you speak to me. I need to hear your voice. So God reminded me that evening of that diary entry that I had about, say, a year and a half ago about he wanting me to study to do a BCom accounting degree at Stellenbosch. And what he also reminded me about was a picture that a friend had of me 
more or less in that same time, about a crossroad. It's the, the friend of mine, she was my SCA teacher, so it was a really reliable uh, um, picture or, you know, a word from the Lord. She had a, a picture of a crossroads, like two pathways, and I'm standing in front, right in front, and I need to make a decision which way I'm going to go. And oh, she just said, God is going to show me. You know, and it was as if just a light bulb went on. You know, I just knew I'm doing the, the wrong thing. And I said, okay, God, I'm changing to accounting. And the moment I said that to the Lord, the anxiety, the confusion, the depression changed to excitement, a peace, a feeling of, of rest. And I just knew. It was like a, a, two different worlds in a, literally in a moment. I phoned my parents. It was an administrative nightmare, you know, to... After a week, for those of you who have ever studied at a university, you kind of just know where your classes are. You know, for a small-town girl in, a, in Stellenbosch, I was, and I was so lost in the beginning. I just got the hang of it a little bit. So I had to change everything, got new books, new classes. I mean, they've already done all the little bit of preparation. But I had so much peace. I was so excited, and I... And I was so thankful that God, that I could hear God's voice at the age of 18 and that he directed me. You know, I think I would have died doing actual science. I would have probably failed. I don't know. Or I would definitely, I think, changed my course after a year. And, I mean, nothing is ever wasted. God will use anything we ever do, even when we make a mistake. But I was just so thankful because if I look back now, I will study the same thing again. It wasn't easy. Okay, I suffered a lot. I'm not saying it was all just a party. But God spoke to me at a very crucial time in my life that determined quite a a, a big portion of my lifetime. I studied for four years. Uh, I worked at an auditing firm for 11 years. It's, It's 15 years of your life, you know, that could have been very different. And I just realized, as a, as a, even as a scholar, I needed to hear God's voice. It's, it's crucial. It's important. So I don't know where you are at. I don't know if you've ever been at a place where you were desperate to hear God's voice, where you were uncertain, and, or you maybe had to, had to choose between two jobs, or maybe you wanted to buy a house and you really needed to know from God, is it your timing Is it the right area, God? Is this the right decision? It's a big thing to buy a house. Or maybe you're a mom. We have lots of moms in church. Maybe you're a mom. You need to pick a daycare for your child or a nanny. Big decisions for a mom. Or a primary school or a high school for your child. And you, you really want to know, God, what is your opinion on this? Is this school for my child? Or maybe you're in business and... You need to make a big business decision, and you feel uncertain. You need direction. You need to know, God, is this going to be the right decision? Is this going to be the wrong decision? Or maybe you're already working, but you you maybe want to study again. You want to change career. You want to specialize. We need to hear God's voice. Amen? Maybe you just like a girl in church. I know there's many of you who like a girl. And... You really want to date with the purpose of marriage in mind. You, you don't just want to play around. So you need to know from God, Lord, 
is she the one? Is this the one that I need to pursue and I need to, you need, I need to fight for? So all that I can tell you this morning is God has an opinion on all of these things. He's very, very, very much part of all the detail of our lives. He wants to speak to us. He's eager to speak to us and he wants to guide us in everything that we do. You know, not that I say we must ask him, you know, should we wear a pink shirt or a blue shirt every morning? It might, um, it might clutter God's brain, I think, you know, if we... <laughs> no, I'm joking. But when it comes to, to decisions that we need to hear God's voice on, he's got an opinion, he wants to speak to us. In fact, he's speaking all the time. We just need to be able to hear his voice and, and tune into his frequency. It's almost like... You know, it's almost like a radio station. I see it. God has got his radio station. But there's a frequency. He's talking all the time. He's, he's sending messages all the time. But we need to tune into that specific frequency to be able to hear his voice. So if we don't hear God's voice, it's not because he's not speaking. It's just because our frequency is wrong. Or we do not recognize his voice. So... I want to take you to a scripture in Isaiah 30, verse 21. It says, your ears, your ears shall hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And this is the God that we serve. He, at all times, when there's a, when there's a crossway, he wants to tell us, this is the way, walk in it. Amen? So, so the question is, how does God speak? How do we hear his voice? And if we do hear something, how do we know it's God's? Okay, that's the one million dollar question. We all hear voices. You hear many voices. <laughs> but how do we know it's God's? How do we test it? How do we grow in discerning that voice that is going to guide us on the right path. How do we do that? So I'm going to give you a few examples this morning. Just a few examples of how God has spoken to me. I'm going to give you a few examples of just in general how God speaks. You know, there's a, there's a story in the Bible of God using a donkey. He spoke through a donkey. Okay, So he can use basically any kind of means to get through to us. But... There are general ways in which God speaks. And I just want to give you a few examples. But let's never put God in a box. Okay, let's, let's, never, let's never put him in a box and think God can't speak like that. No, this can't be God. Or let's never assume that we, we know all the ways or all the, all the dynamics of how God speaks and, and the way that he speaks. Okay, because he's God, let's never put him in a box. Amen. So, first of all, the one that is maybe the way that God could speak most often is God could use a still, small voice. Many of you, how many of you have heard that God can speak in a still, small voice? Okay, you are familiar with that. Let me take you to the scripture in 1 Kings 19 that talks about this. It was the prophet Elijah he was on a mountain, and he was experiencing God. And 
This is an account of something that he experienced while he was communicating to God. It says, and behold, the Lord passed by. Okay, so the Lord was right there with him. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Now, let me just put this in perspective. It doesn't mean that God can't speak through a wind, an earthquake, or a fire. Okay? It doesn't mean that that's excluded. God can very much be in a fire. Okay? Remember the the burning bush where he spoke to Moses? Where he called Moses? That was a burning bush. Okay? That's fire. God can use anything. But in this specific situation, he spoke to Elijah, not through the wind, earthquake, or fire, but a still, small voice. And I think we often think it's our own thoughts and then it's God speaking to us when it's a still small voice. We often think that that, that little thought in our, in our heads is, is our own idea or our own thought. And in the meantime, it's actually God trying to speak to us. You see, it, the still small voice sounds just like your own thoughts. It sounds just like your own thoughts. And what we need to learn is how to discern between our own thoughts and God's voice. Because it sounds exactly the same. Okay, so that is what we need to discern and what we need to learn. Secondly, God can speak through peace or he can speak through the absence of peace. Okay, either one of those. He can speak through peace we can speak through the absence of peace. So when, when I was praying that night at, at the first week at my first year at university, God used peace, I think 80% of what, what my confirmation was that I ch- should change to accounting was the peace of God because I was confused, anxious, and depressed. And when I made a decision to change, it moved to peace, rest, excitement. All right, so what we need to know and understand is we need to come to a place where we walk continually in that peace of God. We should be in a place of constant peace. That the moment that God's peace is not there, we have to stop. You know, there's a scripture in Colossians Colossians 3, verse 15, in the Amplified. It says, And let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule and act as an umpire, an umpire continually in our hearts. So you need to picture it like this. There's, a, there's this game of life. You're playing peacefully. You're enjoying it peacefully. You play this game of life, and then all of a sudden there's a whistle. Okay? The ref says there's now a penalty. Stop the game. Okay? That is when the peace of God leaves you. It's like a whistle. We must see it as a whistle. You can't just continue with your life. You can't just pretend it's not there. You can't just ignore it. You have to stop. You have to stop your game. You have to stop your plans. You have to break and say, okay, God, there's a whistle. I've lost my peace. What is this? 
Talk to me. Speak to me. What are you trying to communicate to me? All right? So I think between the still small voice and the peace of God, this is most often how I would experience God speaking to me. Because if I lose my peace, between Andre and I, if we lose our peace, we stop. We stop everything. And we say, okay, God, what is it? What are you trying to communicate to us? All right? So the peace of God, either the, the peace or the absence of peace speaks loudly, and God can use that very powerfully in our lives. He can also speak through the Bible. Surprise, surprise. You know, he can speak through his word, especially if you read a scripture and it jumps off the page. How many of you have ever experienced that? You read, a, you read scripture and suddenly there's this one scripture, it's as if it's highlighted. It's as if it's as if it's jumping towards you. And you just know God is speaking to you. God often uses that. You're just reading the Bible and there's a portion of scripture and it speaks to you so clearly, so loudly, that you just know this is God. Okay, undeniable, this is God. God can also speak through dreams and visions or pictures. This is a very exciting part of how God speaks. Let me take you to a scripture that's going to explain that to you as well. In Acts 2 verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. This is all of us. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men or women shall see visions, and your old men or women shall dream dreams. So this is God's destiny for all of us, to see pictures and to dream dreams, and for God to communicate to us through those things. So if you haven't ever had a dream or a picture from the Lord, it doesn't mean that you are excluded from that kind of of, of, of way that God will speak to you. It's just that you've never, you've never experienced it, or maybe you, didn't, you, you, you don't know that God can speak like that, but the more we, we become aware of that, the more God speaks to us like that. And I can, I can tell you so many stories of pictures. I just want to share this one with you. About two years ago, we had an evening at church where we prayed for many, many people. We trusted the Lord to receive a word for them from his heart. And I was praying for a girl, and God showed me that pink WhatsApp flower. Okay, many of you use it. You, you put it at the end of a sentence if you want to communicate something special, okay, to somebody. And just for in case somebody of you don't have WhatsApp, okay, and I said to her, okay, I don't want you to be confused. I'm going to now WhatsApp you, this WhatsApp flower, to just say to you what I feel God is communicating to you because I felt this is what she pre- represents, this pink flower, this almost like this message to the world that, that, that she's special and she's vibrant and there's just something so unique about her, like this pink flower. And when I messaged it to her, I've never... I can't remember now if it was the first time ever I messaged something to her, but then I saw a WhatsApp profile, you know, where you can type in something. And her whole profile was that flower, like six or seven of those flowers with little green leaves in between. 
And I just said, this is incredible. <laughs> you know, so she was excited. I was excited. And we, we just knew God was speaking. I mean, it's, it's, it was just so evident that God is speaking on that very moment. Because this is what I saw for her. This is the thing that she put in her WhatsApp profile. This is what she felt she represents. Because obviously, if, if she puts it on. So for both of us, it was such a blessing. And it was so simple. It was just this picture popping into my mind. And I just had to take the risk of sharing it with her. So God can speak in pictures. He can speak in dreams. Ask God to give you dreams. Ask him to give you a dream and ask him to, to give you the interpretation. If you feel a dream was significant, write it down. Ask the Lord to speak to you about it. It's a very, very exciting part of hearing God's voice. God speaks on a Sunday morning. That is why you shouldn't miss church. Okay? God speaks through the worship, through the person bringing the message. He's speaking at the end of, of the sermon when we pray for people here in front. Sometimes I just wish I know exactly, you know, what God is saying when we pray over people in the front because I know God is speaking. I know he's, he's healing hearts and he's, he's doing amazing things. He's speaking all the time. He can even speak over a cup of coffee after church with a fellow brother or sister where somebody just gives you a, a word of wisdom with, without them even knowing that it's a word of wisdom. Okay, God speaks on a Sunday morning. Even if you think your pastor is unspiritual or he's got the wrong message for the, the wrong day, because it doesn't really make any sense to you. Not Andre's messages, okay? His messages are the coolest ever. I mean, I've listened to him now for, what, 13 years, and I still love his sermons. Okay, so if you don't like his sermons, I don't, I don't know, okay? I don't know. <laughs> but God speaks on a Sunday morning, so I want to encourage you. If you need guidance, if you need to hear God's voice, you have to be in church. Okay, this is a general direction. God will speak through Andre every Sunday morning if we are willing to open our hearts and our spiritual ears. If we come and say, God, I expect you to speak, he will speak to you. Amen? He speaks through godly friends and counsel. That is why you must sign up for a life group. Okay, so I want to challenge you this morning. Who are your friends? Do you have godly friends who can speak into your lives? You know, often when people come to us and they, a, a couple, and they say, no, they, they want to start dating or they, they want to get engaged. What do we think about it? Then I ask them, what are your friends saying about it? And then sometimes they really need to think who they are. And then I ask them, who are your friends? And sometimes they need to think. Okay, for me, it's a very clear way of, of God trying to communicate a message to you. If you have a godly friendship and that person can speak into your life, if you allow that person to speak into your life, God can use that person powerfully, powerfully to speak to you. Amen? That is why you have to be in a community of believers and church is not enough because you can come to church and you can leave church and you can still not be in community. All right, so if you haven't signed up for a life group, please sign up. You will hear God's voice. You will hear God's voice. God can obviously also use an audible voice. 
I've never heard an audible voice before. I've never heard God's audible voice before in my life. But there are many accounts of people who have heard God's audible voice. And obviously that must be very exciting to hear an audible voice. But if you've never heard an audible voice, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Okay, I've never heard God's audible voice. If you, if you read Matthew 3.17, it says, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That was God the Father speaking something to Jesus. It was an audible voice. And there's many people who can testify about an audible voice. But as I'm saying, it is the exception and not necessarily the rule how God can, can speak to you. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with you if you've never heard that before. So, why is it important to hear God's voice? I want you to think about it, because why do we actually talk about it? Why, why do we spend a whole Sunday morning talking about the voice of God and hearing the voice of God? And there's obviously many reasons why we need to hear God's voice, but I want to highlight two for you this morning. Two that is crucial. You know, if... If we are led by our emotions, if we are led by money, or if we are led even by people, even our family, it can lead us on the wrong path. It can lead us on the wrong path. Because the, the true peace and happiness and joy and fulfillment, you will only find it in God's will. Okay? Our own happiness and fulfillment in our own way will give us a short-term fulfillment, a short-term happiness, but it will not last and it will cost you. It will cost you. Okay, so it's crucial that we hear God's voice for our own lives, for our own calling, our own destiny, the person you need to marry, the course you need to study, you know, these important decisions that it, it, it can impact our lives. But there's a second reason that is very important. You know, we are God's voice on earth. We are the voice of God on earth. We are God's voice. So it is crucial that we hear God's voice for other people. It is crucial because Andrew and I have often seen that a word in season, the right word at the right time, it can save somebody from committing suicide. It can save somebody from destroying their lives, from making the complete wrong choice. It can save people from, from depression, from loneliness, from fear. So we have to be able to hear God's voice so that we can bring a word in season to somebody who needs it. We have to be able. So it's not only about ourselves. It's not only about our own lives and our own future. It's about people who can't hear God's voice for themselves, who sometimes just can't, and we must be that vessel, and we must be that instrument in God's hand who can bring a word in season for somebody. Amen? I mean, I've, I've just seen so many times how God amazes me and how he blesses me when I have a word for somebody and that person is so blessed. I mean, I'm even more blessed. It's, it's so, it is one of the most fulfilling things on this earth to bring a word to somebody in season and you see how that transformed that person's life. Amen? So it is so important for us to hear God's voice. So let's just talk about how do we test if we now heard something. We have heard the still small voice or the peace or we had a dream or a picture. How do we know this is God's? 
How do we know it's God speaking? Okay, thanks for asking this really good question. Because I will, I will answer it for you. There's three ways, three main primary ways in which I test if a word or a picture was of the Lord. And obviously sometimes it's more crucial to know, to know, to know, to know that it is God's. Okay, sometimes it's not that crucial. If, if you feel God saying to you, please pray for that person. Okay, don't fast for seven days to, to now make sure that it is God. Okay, just pray. Just pray for the person. Okay, if somebody is sick, just pray for him. We, need, we don't need any confirmation. It's in the word of God. Okay, it's scriptural. But the first way how we test that it was God's voice is it will never contradict scripture. It will never say anything else that is, that is contrary to what is written in the Bible and written in God's word. So if you are following Jesus... And you feel that God is leading you to get married to somebody who's not following Jesus. It is not God's voice, okay? Even if you had an angel the previous night in your room saying to you, you must get married to that person, it's not God's angel, okay? Let's make it very clear. Or if, if you go to a psychologist and the psychologist tells you, you don't have to forgive because forgiveness must be earned. No, you don't have to forgive. We're just going to have 10 or 15 million counseling sessions, and then you'll be fine. No, it's not God's voice through that person. We have to forgive to come to a place of healing. Okay, so anything that is contrary to Scripture, it's not God's voice. The other day, Andrea and I was talking about a couple. The wife is very keen to serve the Lord and keen for church, but the husband is not really interested. And our son, Vianney, wanted to know, what are you talking about? You know, and his best friend, Michal, was visiting me that, that afternoon. And I just said to them, boys, if you ever want to date a girl or get married to a girl, you make sure that she follows Jesus and you make sure that she goes to church. And they were like thinking about it. And then the next moment, Michal said, yes, but she must be pretty as well. <laughs> Well, who said a six-year-old doesn't know anyone? So. Well, Dion's got a very pretty wife, so it must be that, you know, that henning, henning blood. But I just realized, you know, we can, when it comes to marriage specifically, you know, don't be deceived. You know, Scripture is very clear on, on God's guidance, so God will never, He will never contradict what scripture says. All right, so we test it with scripture. The next thing how we test it is accountability. You know, we have to check the voice of God with a, a, your spouse or a friend that is reliable. It's not too emotional, you know. You get the people who, you, you, you don't check your new relationship with a friend, with a romantic friend who's going to like Jump up and down about any relationship or any guy, okay? You check it with a... You get, you get people like that. I'm not looking at anyone now. <laughs> you check these things with a person that you know is independent and not so emotionally involved, okay? Because you can get confirmations left, right, and center. You know, there was, there was a, a woman very, very long time ago, not in this church, 
that God said to her, you're going to marry, get married to this man, which is totally fine. God can say that to you. The only problem was the man was married. <laughs> so obviously she knew that she was following Jesus, really following Jesus, highly spiritual, and obviously divorce is not an option in her mind. That is against scripture. So she was waiting for this man's wife to die for a couple of years until somebody said to her, until somebody said to her, it's not God's voice. It's not God speaking to you. But you see, when it comes to these things, you can so firmly believe that it's God speaking to you because it's a bit of a gray area, okay? The Bible doesn't say that you shouldn't wait for a man's wife to die. It just says divorce isn't God hates divorce. So in, in this case, you need a friend. You need a good friend who can tell you, no, this is not God, okay? It's not going to make somebody's wife die so that you can get married to him. It's not, the, it's not God. It's not the nature of God, so, you know, Andre and I have an agreement that any big decision, we don't make any big decision unless we both have peace. And it's a wonderful safety net. You know, so for the highly spiritual among us this morning, just humble yourself and admit that you might maybe, maybe sometimes make a mistake. Okay, because I know it's really awesome and exciting to hear God's voice, it is very special. And it is hard if you hear God's voice and not everybody is in agreement with you. It is hard. But when it comes to big decisions, just make sure that your wife or your husband or people that you trust are in agreement with you. Amen? So we walk in accountability. We also need to, for any big decision, we need to find confirmation. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 1. It says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So we have to ask God to confirm the word or decision. We have to ask the Lord. Okay, we can't just have a still small voice that we must do something radical, move to China, and the next morning you tell your wife we're moving to China based on the still small voice. You need to, when it comes to these kind of decisions, you need additional confirmation. Okay, and please make sure that the confirmation you receive is reliable. I had a friend at university. She was in my small group. She liked this one guy. I don't know how it happened to have so many relational examples this morning. Maybe God is speaking, but I don't know. It just happened to be like that. There was this girl. She liked this guy. His name was Andrew. She really liked him. And now she had the CD. And the one song is called Brother Andrew. Now she says to God, she told it to us. She, she missed it completely. Eh? Missed it completely. She was looking for confirmations left, right, and center. Then she would put the CD on random and tell God that if now she put, puts play, press play and he jumps immediately to Brother Andrew's song, then this guy is her husband. So just be careful when it comes to confirmations. I mean, we've all missed it, hey? I've missed it. Andre missed it, believe it or not. 
But we all miss it from time to time. But when it comes to these kind of decisions, we need to make sure that our confirmation is reliable. There's, there's a friend of my sister who, like I think two or three years ago, she received a word there's going to be a tsunami on the East Coast. So it's going to hit PE and East London and, you know. And she was convinced. She had confirmations, lots of confirmations. And, but she said her husband doesn't agree with her. And the leadership of the church don't understand. Which means that she wasn't willing to submit this word to her husband or to the leadership of the church. So immediately when you have something like that, there's a red light. Okay, I'm not saying that you could receive a word and your husband or wife might not be in agreement straight away. That could happen. Okay, And if your husband doesn't know God at all, there might be exceptions to this. But if both your husband and the leadership of your local church, if they don't agree, you must go and check your word again. Okay, if you, Or if you don't even want to submit the word to the leadership because they certainly are not going to understand the vision and the dream and the 20 confirmations that God has given you because they're not as spiritual as you are. Then there's a red light. Okay? Red light. Check your word again. Make sure you walk in accountability. Make sure the confirmations you receive is reliable. Amen. So why do we need to discern his voice? Let me just go through a few things. How do we grow in our discerning of of his voice? We need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, please come to our Encounter One seminar in our Feb, beginning of March. Even if you've been there before, if you want to grow in hearing God's voice, we need our helper. We need the Holy Spirit. We need our helper. We need to be able to tap into a supernatural source. Don't try and hear God's voice in your own strength. Don't even try. It's hard work. We need the Holy Spirit. So we need to grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have to spend time in the Word of God. We have to spend time under a really amazing sermon two weeks ago where he said we have to consume the Word until it consumes us, which means the Word of God must be so living inside of us that the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, can at any moment remind us of a scripture. And if we read scripture once every now and again, the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to work with. When when Vian, my son, when he was nine months old, the pediatrician was very worried about his spine and he said, we need to take x-rays. And I was at work at that moment. Andre took him to the doctor. And when I got home, I just received this news. The pediatrician is worried about his spine. Must go to the hospital. Must take x-rays. And it was like a cloud of anxiety over me. As I had visions of Vian in a wheelchair. I had visions of my child never going to be able to walk. And w- when the cloud was coming for me, I immediately still small voice, heard, be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4 verse 6. And I said, God, but this is an expert. He's a specialist. He's worried. Shouldn't I be worried as well? And God said to me, be anxious for nothing. You know, and immediately that dark cloud lifted from me. We had the x-rays. There was completely nothing wrong. So it was just a, you know, a concern from the pediatrician. But if, if the Holy Spirit didn't remind me of that scripture in that moment, 
I would have been stressed for a whole day and I would have been traumatized for 24 hours, you know. And it's so important that we spend time in the Word so that the Holy Spirit can remind us of the right scripture at the right moment. And, and I can tell you so many stories of the Holy Spirit doing that with me. In, in whatever situation, He just tells me, be strong and courageous. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be anxious for nothing. And it, it, it cuts through that, th- uh, that fear or anxiety, whatever you're experiencing. It's like a sword. And it cuts. And it immediately breaks that, that, the power of that thing coming for you. Okay? So God often uses His word by the help of the Holy Spirit to remind you of something that you need to hear right now. We have to also unclutter our lives. We have to learn to wait upon the Lord. We have to learn to, to sit at God's feet. And that is why fasting is so beneficial. So well done for all of you who fasted. You know, fasting unclutter your lives. I've just realized again this weekend how much time I spent on doing shopping, buying groceries, and how much time it takes to prepare a meal. And that was not part of my weekend, so I had so much free time. <laughs> it's just amazing. So fasting unclutters your life and it allows us just to position ourselves to hear God's voice. It's one way of uncluttering your life, but you need to ask God, what is the clutter in your life? What is the clutter? What, is, what are the things that, that is taking up your thought life, your mind? Because God speaks through our thoughts. Okay, so if we think about a million of things all the time, you know, we need, to, we need to create space for God to speak to us. We need to unclutter our lives. We also need to learn to recognize His voice by taking a risk. Sometimes we need to take a risk. And I want to emphasize this one because if we're never going to take a risk, we never will know if it was God or not. We have to take a risk. John 10 verse 4 says, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now you see, the more we take a risk, the more we step out in a territory that's a bit unknown to us, the more we will know if it was God or not. And we are going to miss it. You are going to miss it from time to time. Don't be afraid to miss it. Because that fear can keep us from hearing God's voice. We have to take a step of faith. The other day I was doing an a aqua aerobics class at the, at the gym. And there was one lady that I, was, I started to build a relationship with. And she was feeling sick. She got out of the pool. She was sitting next to, next to the pool with her head in her hands. It was like maybe halfway through the class and I heard the still small voice, Sonika, get out and pray for her. Now I reason with the Lord, which we all do. Reason. God, it's, I'm in the middle of a class, Lord. I'm doing aquarobics. I'm sure she's going to be fine. Now God is just quiet. I just hear again, get out and pray for us. I said, okay, Lord. I, I mean, I, I've come to a place where I know this is God. You know, I can't. He's going to like the whole class, get out and pray for her. Get out and pray for him. Get out. I won't be able to <laughs> exercise. 
So I got out and I said to her, can I please pray for you? She was very open to it. All the other ladies, you know, in the pool, kicking and doing their thing. And I, I didn't pray long. I prayed that God would heal her. She felt very sick. And then God gave me a very simple word for her. A very simple word about the plans that he has for her, for her life. And when I was finished, she was in tears. She said to me, God's been speaking to her about this thing that I was, I was this word I was giving to her. The whole year, God's been speaking to her about it, and she really needed to hear it that morning. But you see, I had to take a risk. I had to, I had to get out of the swimming pool. I had to take a risk. So I just want to encourage you to take a risk, you know. It's like your alarm clock in the morning. If you set your alarm for six, and it goes off and you respond to it, you train your body. Okay? We all agree with that. You train your body. So if you're going to ignore it and press the snooze button seven times, you know, you get people who tell you that they slept through their alarm. Oh, I'm so sorry. I slept through my alarm. Now, I don't honestly don't know how that works. I, I can understand sometimes you're very tired, but let me tell you, if you train your body to snooze, snooze, snooze your alarm, you're not going to hear it anymore. Okay, do we have agreement on that? Do you all agree with me? That's, that's my opinion, okay? My humble opinion. So if you're going to get up when the alarm goes off, you train your body. If you're going to snooze it, you train your body to ignore your alarm and you're not going to hear it anymore. So the same with the Holy Spirit. If you are responding, I'm preaching to myself now, okay, because I often... You know, I'm not a person who, who jumps immediately. Andre is like that. It is amazing. It's like God speaks and he jumps. How far, Lord? How high? How quickly? You know, it's like that. I'm like, let's test and make sure it's God. <laughs> so God is, is, is speaking to me, you know, that the quicker we, we respond and the, the less we doubt if it's him or not, the better we're going to train ourselves to hear his voice. It's like your alarm clock. So we have to respond. Amen? And we have to take a risk. And we shouldn't be afraid to miss it. We shouldn't be afraid to miss it. We all miss it from time to time. And it's really fine. God is able to fix your mistake. Okay? Let, let me just make it very clear. God is able to fix your mistake. God is able, even if you make the wrong decision... I studied with a complete wrong course at university. And God took all my peace away. I mean, God was on it, you know. He was on it. Sonica is not studying actual science. It's shame, the poor girl, you know. We must get out of it quickly. He was on it. He was so faithful. But I, I made a big mistake. God fixed it for me, luckily in time. But even if it took a year, God would have fixed it for me as well. It would have been fine. I mean, so just imagine... Imagine if we respond to God's voice quickly. Imagine if we, as a family, as a, as a businessman, as a, as a mom, imagine we can hear God's voice for our families, for our children, for our businesses, for your workplace, for your studies. Imagine what God can do when we respond to his voice quickly, immediately. It can be amazing. The result can be amazing. So I want to encourage you, as we're going to have communion now, the ashes can 
can start just distributing the elements. I want to encourage you as a family to have communion. We've done that now a couple of times with Vian. He's six years old. I think he's actually more interested about the grape juice because he really likes grape juice. But I don't care, you know. What, whatever motivates him to have communion with us, he just gets upset if his daddy prays too long because his daddy prays really long, <laughs> according to him. So, so halfway, through, halfway through Andre's prayer, Vian asks, Mommy, who come fat papa so long? <laughs> but the effect on his little heart, I mean, we ask him, do you want to pray for something? And then he prays. He says, he says Jesus, this and this and this I bring before you. This is what I want. He actually prays from his heart. And he understands that Jesus has conquered the devil. You know, this is obviously very exciting for him that Jesus has, has, has conquered the devil and Jesus is the winner and the devil is the loser. So it's just very special to have communion with your family. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Amen. Father, I thank you for all these precious people. Thank you, God, that you desire to speak to them, Lord. You desire to make your will known to them. So I ask God just for an openness for us to receive your word, to, to act upon your word. And I just bless them, God, with the ability to know whenever there's a big decision, whenever there's a big choice, that I just bless them with the ability, God, to make the right decision. In the name of Jesus, we worship you for, for giving us your Holy Spirit as a helper so that we can hear your voice. And we honor you, God, just for your voice that is so precious. And we thank you, God, that you speak. And we just ask that you will help us to discern and to, to hear it in Jesus' name.